entering the land of bourbon and bad decisions. This is the Tyler Morgan Show on Podbean.com. Welcome to the land of bourbon and bad decisions. This is Relentless. Oh my God, I went old school. I almost called it Relentless Daring. Uh, this is the Tyler Morgan Show on RelentlessDaring.com. Uh, live on Podbean.com, the Podbean app, or wherever you listen to your podcast at. So, um, recently I have discovered something. If you maintain one of those Amazon devices, Eh, if you have an Alexa, I'll say it. You have an Alexa and you're working around the house and you listen to the podcast. And it's like, oh man, I just don't want to get my phone out. I can't find my earbuds, whatever the case may be. Just go, hey, Alexa, play the Tyler Morgan show. And guess what? It gone play. So that's awesome. It's great that through Amazon Music, you can listen to it on your Amazon devices, wherever they are around your house. Then, you know, the CIA knows that you're listening to me while doing your housework. <clears throat> it's all good. Let's just yeah, keep that on the down low. But first, before I get into this week's insanity, let me tell you about coffee. Yes, that's right. Coffee. Courtesy of our good friends over at American Pride Roasters. American Pride Roasters has some of the finest blends of coffee, many of them named after great founders in, of the country, leaders in uh, throughout America. You know, one of my favorites is the Teddy Roosevelt blend. Uh, and even some of the friends of Dave Matthews have their own coffee blends. For instance, my good buddy from The Blaze, Keith Malinak, he has his own blend of macadamia nut coffee. So if you are a fan of macadamia nuts, you like that tropical nutty goodness, uh, check out check out uh, the At The Mic blend. Uh, I have not had it, but talking to Keith, he says it's absolutely amazing. So go check it out uh, in the shipping instructions. Tell them that you heard about it from the Tyler Morgan show. That way they know you're listening to this goofy little show. So American pride roasters, historically great coffee. All right. So first things first, ladies and gentlemen, it is the month of June. That means it is pride month. Yes, that's right. This is the 30 days of the year where if regardless of how you identify who you want to put your doodle thingies in or on, whatever the case may be, this is the month that you have pride in it. However, unless you're straight, let's 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 not get twisted. You're not allowed to have straight pride during Pride Month because that's just denigrating all those poor, oppressed, LGBTQQIA2+, ad infinitum community members 
cannot be oppressed by your straightness. And it's already started off with the fun one because oh, we're not trying to groom children. Oh, that would be hard. Why would we do that? Um, in Dallas, Texas. Yes, that's right. Dallas, Texas. I, I get it. Dallas is a liberal city. <laughs> Kim, thank you for dropping the... Folks, if you're not listening to this live and you're not in the live chat at podbean.com, you really need to check it out. There's some funny crosstalk goes on. Kim Lewandowski, awesome friend up in Wisconsin. Uh, she uh, totally, totally went uh, Monty Python, Holy Grail. Help, I'm being repressed. Oh, but anyways, back to the task at hand because I I see all the squirrels. And I have to respond to them uh, in Dallas, Texas. And I know Dallas is a liberal city. Dallas is not Austin liberal, but it's still a liberal city. Well, in the suburb of Grapevine, I've known some great people from Grapevine. I've been to Grapevine. It's a quaint little suburb. Um, they had a kid-friendly drag show at a gay bar. And the videos of this are disturbing, especially because they have these neon lights up on the wall. Like, talking about licking it. Um, I'm pretty sure when they're talking about licking it, they're talking about man units. And it'd be one thing if they had the drag show for kids at the gay bar. And parents are like, yeah, that's a little creepy. I'm not going to do that. And they had no crowd. That'd be one thing. It'd be like, really? You're having this for kids? advertising this for kids but no 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 we can't have sanity we have parents who literally took their kids into a gay bar to watch drag queens now again if you were having just a, hey, this is what we do. This is how, who we are. As like a meet and greet, kind of, you know, here, discuss our lifestyle. It's still not great. Still not great. I still don't approve of that. But no, they were doing full on performances for the kids. There's video of a drag queen dropping it like it's hot, and a child is putting $1 bills in the drag queen's freaking lap. Who the hell are these parents? Who are they? Why in God's name are they being allowed to still raise their children? And I'm not talking like teenagers. No, I'm talking wee lads and lasses. I 
kids that couldn't have been more than eight years old, probably younger. Um, ladies and gentlemen, I know those of you who there are those of you who may be listening to this show who don't agree with me politically. You're just listening to this because someone took my advice at the end of the show and they shared it with you to piss you off. If you're that person, thank you for not turning the show off at this point. There's a lot of things in this world that our children should not be forcibly exposed to. If I'm watching a movie that is all blood and guts, I'm not going to take my 10-year-old and go, hey, you're going to sit and watch this blood and guts with me. It's going to make an adult out of you. I ain't going to do that. My 15-year-old, if he wants to watch it and he sits down next to me and says, okay, it's really uncomfortable, but, you know, there's nothing particularly bad. It's just he, he wants to watch a gory horror movie. Okay, cool. He's figured these things out on his own. I'm not forcing it on him. If there are shows that are particularly um, racy, Yes, we'll, we'll say racy, risque, if you will. I don't watch those when there's kids up and about because it's stuff that I feel as a parent they don't need exposed to. Now, left or right, it shouldn't matter. It should be like, hey, that is way too much for my kids to be exposed to. Common sense says I'm not going to force this. Up. No, these are parents who said, hey, my child will make them a captive audience. And hey, they're going to go watch this. They're normalizing this to children. Now. As your child grows up and on their own, they discover that, hey, you know, I like to dress in the clothes, the opposite sex and, you know, shake my butt for money. Okay. That's a little weird, but you know, once you reach adulthood, you do you, I'm going to love you. Might not agree with you. Might not be proud of you, but Hey, I love you. But when you're, Forcing your kids to go to this. When you're the parent who gives your kid a stack of $1 bills and puts them up on a stage in a chair where they can get a kitty lap dance. I'm sorry. Your parental rights should be revoked because. You are making your child participate in a sexual activity. Sure, maybe the drag queen has all their clothes on. Maybe the drag queen is hands off the entire time. But just like sticking your kid in front of a cisgendered stripper, 
you are exposing them to sexual content. When the stripper who was dropping, or the stripper, when the drag queen that was dropping it like it was hot and twerking in front of the kids, uh, those body movements aren't just for, oh yeah, I want to stretch muscles out. Oh my goodness. No, those are um, very sexualized physical maneuvers. You don't go watch people dance like that because, oh, wow, yes, this is modern dance. It's interpretive. You see the way they're moving their bodies. They're expressing these deep, conflicting emotions, blah, 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 blah. No. People dancing like that are doing so in a particular manner. You see people at the club and you see a girl bent over and grinding her ass against the dude behind her. She's not doing it for cardiovascular health. I'm just saying. And then you you had a protester who had the audacity to stand outside this club in Dallas and say, you know, in protest against this. And there's a giant crowd of rainbow flag wearing weirdos that started harassing him. And then when he tried to walk off, they are getting up in his face and he's pushing them away. So he's like, no, I'm trying to get out of here. Get out of my effing face. But. And then he gets stopped by the police because apparently he's the freaking bad guy, even though he's trying to walk away. And thank God this guy had the wherewithal. He's like, yeah, he was very forceful with the cops. Like, no, I'm trying to walk away from this. They're getting in my face. He was assaulted several times with people beating him about the head. And the cops had an issue with him. And then he's like, no, I'm trying to leave. Can I go on my effing way? And finally, uh, another cop speaks up, sir, please keep going. And he says, thank you, and just keeps walking. It, it's ridiculous. The, the nut jobs of what uh, Steve Dace calls the rainbow jihad. The ones who are making this giant movement out of queerness. God, I, I remember when I get in trouble for calling someone queer. Uh, time was, Jimmy, you couldn't say words like queer. However, there are still words that they have not reclaimed. You're not allowed to say yet. You can't call them a, a British word for a cigarette. They might get, they might get a little uppity. It's absolutely freaking ridiculous. There are, I I know I I have gay friends. I have gay friends who look at the rainbow flag wearing nut jobs and their straight out straight cisgender allies, and they go, "Uh, y'all are insane." I just want to live my life. I don't want to force myself and my. And who I love and who I want and who I choose to put my doodle dad in. 
I don't want to force that on anyone else. I just want to be left alone. It's it's like the it's like the Latin the Hispanic community. The majority of the overwhelming majority of Hispanic people want to be called Hispanic. If you're not going to call them Puerto Rican, Dominican Republic, or Dominican, Cuban, Honduran, Mexican, you're just going to give them a broad name for their ethnicity, Hispanic. The whole idea of Latinx, Latinx is dumb. Or Latinx if you're Joe Biden, or Latinx if you just want to say how it's spelled. But the activist wing of that community, I think, does more harm in trying to build goodwill and work towards equality and acceptance. Which, there's so much on that issue that I don't understand. Because I'm not gay, because I'm not trans. I don't understand it. Um, but you have so many people on that side that make, make to where, oh, I just have to tell your kids about this. Um, I saw some commentary on Twitter. I don't remember who was involved. And they were discussing about how it's kind of crazy. They don't want five-year-olds to do X, Y, or Z, but they don't have a problem with five-year-olds learning about oral sex. And then someone came back and, oh, my God, like, totally, who's teaching five-year-olds about oral? That is just so ridiculous. Well, you go through school libraries in some districts, and you find very graphic you know, pornographic, adult-oriented. I say adult-oriented. If they featured adults in these situations, it would be adult-oriented. It, there, it, it's pederasty in a book. It's, you know, pubescent kids with drawn images of them performing sex acts on each other. And we find this in schools. We, we we have teachers that are like, like, I've been wearing a mask like this entire time. And I finally took my mask off the other day to, to blow my nose or to sneeze or something. And when the kids saw me, they're like, she's a boy. Because I have a beard. It's just been covered up. And again, it would be one thing if a teacher that was trans, the teacher that was gay, lesbian, bi, whatever, if they're just trying to live their everyday life. And it's like, you know what? My kids don't need to know about who 
who I'm seeing. If I, if I, if I view myself as having a wife or a girlfriend and I refer to them as a wife or a girlfriend, Hey, yeah, we went out and we did this this weekend and called it. And that was it. Cause you know, teachers will do that. You know, my wife has a rapport with her kids because it, it helps humanize her. But when you want to get into like the intimate details, uh, no, there is no place for that. No one wants to hear about the intimate details of you and your partner, regardless of whatever the alignment of that partnership is, male, female, male, male, female, female, trans, who, yeah. It's ridiculous. How is it? We've gotten to this point in society where it has gone from. We just want to live our lives like everybody else and have the same protections under the law. And that was the whole gay marriage debate. The whole gay, the whole gay marriage debate was we want equal protection under the law for us to be able to get married and have the same uh, same tax breaks afforded to us that are afforded to straight couples. Well, we gave an inch, and then now it's your children will watch the Drag Queen Story Hour or else. It's insane. You have David French with his famous that drag queen story hour is a blessing of liberty. Please. Please. Now, if drag queens want to do a story hour and they walked in in costume and they read a book and walked out, still be really creepy. I would not take my kids to it. But that's one thing. When they go in and they do performances. When it's a show for kids. No, 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 no. That is where we have to draw the line. Kim says we need strong men to stand up and say no to this. Enough is enough. I 100% agree. My wife showed me a picture on Facebook. And she was just like shocked when she saw it. It was a guy who had a uh, vinyl decals on his back glass of his car. And it said the top half of it says, I was willing to die for my country. Then the bottom half is I am willing to die to protect my family from what my country has become. I read that and it's like, yep, I am about there. We have entered a place where degradation is the norm. Debasement. Debasement is no longer a place. Debasement is no longer a bad thing. Debasement, that, that's what you should be doing every Friday night is going out and debasing yourself and putting it on social media. That way everyone can see you getting debased and, oh, he's just so brave. He's just so brave. Look at him being debased. It's just, oh, it just, it just touches my heart. It gets me right in the feels. Oh, the vapors. 
That's the world we are in now. If you are, if you are not complying, no, it's, it's beyond complying. If you are not actively participating, you are a hater and you need to be canceled. I'm sure that based off my commentary for the first 24 minutes of this podcast, I will probably have people wanting to cancel me. I don't care. As long as Podbean is willing to take my money, I have a home. End of story on that one. And so far, I haven't gotten any emails from Podbean saying, uh, excuse me, uh, Mr. Morgan, you need to tone down your rhetoric. And for the time being, we're just going to uh, uh, remove this episode. I mean, I had on a COVID doctor. Or I say a COVID doctor, a doctor who has treated well over 2000 patients with COVID with zero deaths. An entire episode dedicated to my interview with Dr. Williams. Go back and check that out if you have not yet heard it. With all of the COVID craziness, Podbean did not come at me. Now, Spotify put a nice little warning label like, um, for real information on the COVID, click here. So again, welcome to the world where where morals are made up and the truth don't matter. Drizzly is the leading home alcohol delivery service available. Imagine being able to sit at home and pull up your smartphone and browse your favorite wine, beer, spirits, and then have it delivered to your home in as little as one hour. Go to drizzly.com or check out the link in the show notes and start shopping today. Not available in all areas. Please drink responsibly. Drizzly.com. I want to talk to you about Keto Chow. Keto Chow is a small company out of Utah that uses the absolute best ingredients to make the absolute best weight loss products available on the market. Their first goal is flavor. Who wants to drink something as a meal replacer that tastes like crap? Keto Chow understands that this is a hard barrier for a lot of companies to break through. So they have some of the best flavors, cookies and cream, chocolate, vanilla, real strawberry. These are the best shakes I've ever had. I've been using them for a few months now, and they are amazing. So go to the link in the show notes. Check it out. You can search for recipes on how you can use their Keto Chow products to make amazing foods that taste amazing and help with your weight loss goals. KetoChow.xyz. Keto made easy. All right. So just so you know, if uh, you heard the Keto Chow ad, if you go to KetoChow.xyz and you decide you want to try it, on your first order, if you put in the promo code RELENTLESS, it can save you 10%. And they've got new flavors. They have peanut butter and grape jelly, which 
you mix those together. You, you can get two shakes out of it. Peanut butter and jelly. So good. That's uh, so what I've been having the last couple mornings because, frankly, I've gotten off the whole eating keto, weight loss, eating healthy stick, and frankly, I feel like garbage. So, what the wife and I, we are jumping back on that wagon, trying to, uh, you know, trying to get back into a, a better place. And keto chow is awesome for it because you want to use it as a meal replacer and have a couple of those a day. Have one for breakfast, have one for lunch, and then, you know, a sensible dinner. Dude, try it. It's so good. Um, and again, if you go to ketochow.xyz, they have all the recipes. You can try so many good things. So good. Remember that promo code RELENTLESS. Save you 10% on your first order. All right. Now's the part where we start losing our little marbles. All right. So. With with the gun debate and full-fledged idiocy after uh, the Uvalde shooting, which the more that comes out on the police reaction, the the less I the less no you're wrong. There's a ninety percent of the blame lies at the shooter's feet. The other ten percent lies on those cops. Oh boy. It was, um, yeah. When cops show up, the chief of police didn't even have a damn radio on him. And it took a pissed off off duty border agent who grabbed a shotgun from his barber where he had just sat down in the chair. He's like, Hey, give me a shotgun. I'm going to school pushes past the cops who tried to hold him back, went in, found a janitor, got the keys, opened up the classroom, and took the son of a gun out. Um, yeah, that's... There, there should have not been a need for that. A mom should not have been handcuffed and threatened to be tased. She should not have had to climb over the fence to go get her kids out of that school because, oh, well, you don't think it's an active shooter situation. So we're just going to sit out here like it's a, uh, like it's a, you know, a regular old fashioned standoff. Any who's. This has gotten the gun debate all fired up all over again. And. David Ciceline, congressman from Rhode Island. Well, the Rhode Island representative refused to yield his time during the outburst. While discussing legislation related to red flag laws that would allow the government and law enforcement to confiscate firearms from anyone deemed to be a danger to themselves or others. Florida Congressman Matt Gates was had attempted to insert an amendment to the legislation stating that, quote, Congress disfavors the enactment of laws that authorize a court to issue an extreme risk protection order, also known as red flag laws, 
in the states because such laws trample on an individual's due process and Second Amendment rights. Pretty freaking simple. He's not wrong. And even if you have red flag laws that are uber catered to conservatives, as as they discovered this in Maine, had like 90% support in Maine after really just making the scope not even narrow, like laser-focused scope. When, When it was put to Maine voters, it didn't pass. Because even though it was tailored to them, they're still like, mm, no, I'm not going. I'm not going to give up my rights. Well, uh, that prompted Cicely to call the defense of Americans' constitutional rights bullshit. Cicely claimed that those who are and Imminent danger to themselves and others, such as they might commit mass murder, have a constitutional right to access a firearm. And to, and to deny them that right would, quote, trample on an individual's due process and Second Amendment rights. You know who didn't have due process? You know who didn't have their constitutional right to life respected? The kids at Parkland and Sandy Hook and Uvalde and Buffalo, and the list goes on and on and on. Which is funny, he talks about a constitutional right to life. Yet he is pro-abortion. Weird. I I guess whichever, if you're on the, uh, the internal side of a cervix, that means you don't have constitutional rights until you're pushed out of that birth canal. When Gates attempted to respond, Cicilline said, no, I will not yield, and I'm not going to yield my entire five minutes. Don't ask again. That's everything you need to know about how Dems feel about the Constitution. Forget the Second Amendment, the Constitution, namely the Bill of Rights. Oh, you don't want your rights trampled on. Boo-hoo, we're going to do it anyways. And watching. GOP congressmen come out and go, well, you know, maybe these are a good idea. I love I love to hate him. Uh, Adam Kensinger of Illinois comes out and apparently he doesn't have an issue with taking AR-15s because, you know, when you're a when you're a big when you're a pro state, you know, rhino. Well, if they have AR-15, they can fight back more effectively. Again, this goes back to one of my oldest political metaphors. It's not about controlling the horse to make it go in the right direction. Because that horse is running for a cliff. All the left and right are fighting over is who has the reins and who gets to hold the reins as they go off said cliff. It's absolutely insane. The comments came on the same day Joe Biden announced on 
an intention to bring about sweeping gun control measures, including a ban on assault weapons. There's only ever been one assault rifle. And that was the Sturmgewehr from Nazi Germany. And it was literally translated as assault rifle. And its most, its closest descendant is the AK-47. Just saying. Assault weapons in high-capacity magazines, as well as red flag laws, new laws on background checks and storage, and they vow to repeal the immunity of gun manufacturers from liability. Well, as has been demonstrated not that freaking long ago. Well, I guess if the gun manufacturer is defunct and it's just their insurance companies, yeah, their insurance companies just settles, whatever. Biden claimed during his speech that he wasn't taking away anyone's rights. Which is weird because it wasn't that long ago when he was asked on CNN, are you going to be taking away AR-15s? He said, bingo. That was his answer when asked about taking AR-15s. Bingo. He has made it clear. Now he's coming out talking about nine millimeter rounds. No, nine millimeter will blow your lung right out of your body. I'm like, uh, no. Lady Di says Biden is a moron, and I think it's like ninety percent true in this case. Yes, he is an idiot, but. The fact that he can actually stay on target. Interesting phrase, considering he hates guns. But. The fact that he's doing this, he's making these pushes like nine millimeter, nine millimeter is the most common handgun caliber in the United States. So if he's going after nine millimeters, he's going to eliminate a crap ton of handguns. Theoretically. And on top of it, I'm worried he's going to try going along the lines of uh, Justin Trudeau in Canada, where they're, you know, well, we're going to ban the import of wep- of handguns. We're going to ban the sale of handguns. We're going to ban the transfer of handguns. Basically, if you have a gun collection with handguns and you die and will it to your child, your child can take everything but the handguns. And it will essentially eliminate handguns within two generations in Canada. Because, yep. well, I can't pass my guns off to Jimmy, so might as well send them for, to a buyback. Which I, I love buyback because buyback implies that I got my guns from the government. No, I didn't. 
But it's all good because, well, I'm sure nothing bad would happen. Because no one would ever try to oppress anyone who couldn't defend themselves. It's never, ever happened in the history of the modern world. Except that has repeatedly. But don't worry, things are looking up. Um, For instance... Driven by rage, almost half of young Democratic men say assassination of political opponents is okay. Yes, that's right. Those wonderful, wonderful people on the left, ones like the, the Weather Underground who had no issue sending mail bombs to federal judges and to Congress, blowing up statues outside of police stations. Folks like that, you know. They're not a problem. And you know what? By golly, we should have more of it. Well, Democrats may be the most vocal, most rabid advocates for gun control, but that doesn't mean they are anti-violence. In fact, a new poll shows an alarmingly high number of young Democrats are fine with assassinating political rivals. And this is based on a newly released poll by everybody's favorite left-wing hate groups, the Southern Poverty Law Center. Yes, that's right. An organization that, when it was founded 50 years ago, they had a good mission. We're here to, you know, make sure that poor black people in the South are being taken care of, have legal representation in the face of integration and dealing with the fallout of the end of Jim Crow era. Oi. But it's the SPLC, a group that has caused terror attacks on organizations because <gasps> we list, they, you listed them as a hate group and I want to take them out. I didn't know they were just a, a religious organization. But that's yeah, SPLC in a nutshell. Rarely write about anything. The SPLC, which has a which has long routinely labeled its opponents bigots or white supremacists, surveyed fifteen hundred people in April. True to form, the SPLC poll was intended to show how racism is alive and well on the right. The SPLC claimed in a press release that the poll indicated, quote, the idea of underpinning the white nationalist great replacement narrative recently cited by an alleged white supremacist terrorist in Buffalo, New York, had become thoroughly mainstream on the political right, end quote. But here's the thing. They want to say this has become mainstream on the political right. Keep in mind, you had commentators, pundits, talking heads, politicos, all on the left during the Obama administration talking about how the demographics are changing. You know, we're getting less white people, more Hispanics, more people who are who were likely to vote for Democrats. We just need to get more of them in. 
They were talking tenets of replacement theory. Not people on the right, leftists. Anyways, this quote goes on. Nearly 7 in 10 Republicans surveyed agreed to at least some extent that demographic changes in the United States are deliberately driven by liberal and progressive politicians attempting to gain political power by replacing more conservative white voters, the group noted. <sighs> no. Of course, the SPLC steered clear of how those same liberal and progressive politicians and their media allies actually feed the narrative. They do so by cheering to the, cheering the decline of white population, by openly and loudly declaring that America must atone for its racist past with set-asides for blacks and other minorities in education and employment in the name of diversity, equity, and inclusion, and by denouncing America as systemically racist and arguing that the path to racial harmony lies in crowding whites out of the political offices, corporate boardrooms, and other power centers. Bum, bum, bum. Uh, it's crazy, though, but um, it starts getting into numbers here. 67% of Democrats see Republicans as a threat to the country compared to 63 Republicans who felt the same about Democrats. Asked when they identified the top three threats to America, Democrats answered with, in descending order, Vladimir Putin, Donald Trump, and extremists in the Republican Party. Those on the right appear more likely to approve of political violence, the SPLC claimed. That emerged from a question about whether, quote, some violence might be necessary to protect the country from radical extremists. Um, yeah. If you have radical extremists that are visiting violence on you, guess what? You are well within your natural rights to visit the violence back. No one's going to fault you. If, someone's a, if someone is trying to beat you to death because of your political opinion, no one's going to fault you if you grab a sharp, something sharp and pointy and ram it in that person's guts. It's a fact. It's called self-defense. Hey, Let's see, if you're being attacked by radical by radicals of any side, if someone who claims they're more far right wing than you, it starts trying to beat you about the head and because he threats you, guess what? It's not going to matter if he says he's on your side. If you're being attacked, you have a right to defend yourself. On that issue, 41% of Republicans agreed, compared to 34% of Democrats and 29% of Independents. Yet, when the SPLC asked if threatening or even, assass or even assassinating is appropriate for a politician who is, quote, harming the country or our democracy, levels of approval for both scenarios were highly or were slightly higher for Democrats than Republicans, driven largely by the approval of younger Democratic men. Oh! Overall, 44% of Democrat, 
Democratic men who were younger, defined as under 50, supported the idea of assassinating a politician they believed was harming the country or our democracy. Only 34% of younger Republican men agreed, while just 6% of older GOP men did. So they have to take two demographic groups to get within 10 points of where the Democrats were. And of course, yes, the Southern Poverty Law Center, it's totally, totally Republican politicians' fault. <laughs> Kim, we are not a democracy. Yeah. You're preaching to the choir there, sister. We are a republic. A constitutional republic. Let's not get that twisted. Anyways, as uh, SPLC knows, it's always the Republicans' fault. Um, none of those who say they approve of violent actions are willing or able to commit themselves, commit them personally. The decision to carry out political violence depends on a multitude of factors, including opportunity, means, and broader political environment. But we do currently live in a moment when political leaders are leaning into violent rhetoric, meaning the social sanctions against violence could be eroding in, in the process creating an atmosphere more conducive to acts of political violence. In the conclusion, the SPLC added, our guards should, should be up, especially after receiving yet another stark reminder of the immense pain and violence that can come when far-right ideas are allowed to fester. Oh, like, none of this guy's ideas uh, at Buffalo were from the far-right. They were lefty nut job. Holy moly. However, uh, it, it, the insanity of it all, it just keeps getting better. My last story, we all know about hands up, don't shoot. That is what is alleged to have been said when Michael Brown was confronted in Ferguson in 2014 after engaging in a strong arm robbery of a convenience store in uh, there in St. Louis. Well, I said it ended up being a hoax that was, it was confirmed a hoax by Witnesses is like, nope, his hands never went up. He lunged for the cop. Oh, he tried to dive through that cop's window. He never has hands up. He, or even after the initial shooting, no, he, he was lunging for the cop. He, he had his head down like a bull charge. Well, these same shenanigans are happening again. Yes, that's right. This time, yes, it's still Missouri, but other side of the state, this time in Kansas City. Where 
as a legal insurrection notes, another hands up, don't shoot hoax busted. Kansas City woman was pointing gun at police when shot. It's hard to believe the radical left is, oh, this like says legal insurrection. It's hard to believe the radical left is trying to revive the hands up, don't shoot live from Michael Brown case that catapulted the Black Lives Matter movement. But here we are again. A witness said a woman had her hands up moments before she was shot multiple times by Kansas City police officers Friday night. This happened on May 30. I was like, right the Friday before Memorial Day. So. The woman was trying to run from officers when they fired at her. But not so fast. KNBC reports a 26-year-old Kansas City, Kansas woman who was shot by Kansas City, Missouri police officers Friday night has been charged in the case. Jackson County Prosecutor Gene Peters Baker said Leona M. Hale was charged with unlawful possession of a firearm, unlawful use of a weapon, and misdemeanor of resisting a lawful detention. Hale was shot by Kansas City police officers outside a family dollar store near 6th Street and Prospect Avenue. The authorities said the car she was in matched the description of one involved in an armed carjacking in Kansas City, Kansas. When officers conducted a car check, a man driving the car jumped out and ran. Court documents said Hale got out of the passenger car, passenger side of the car and went to the rear of the vehicle. Video surveillance from body cameras showed Hale being told to drop the firearm and pointing at the officers before officers fired three shots, according to court records. Hale was taken to a hospital where she was list- last listed in stable condition. Yeah, so basically, um, it, it's ridiculousness. She got out of the car. She had a gun. She pointed it at cops. And everyone should know at this point in your life, if you're running from cops, you point a gun at cops, cops are going to use you as a, as a resting place for their bullets. And, of course, Occupy Democrats, they, they had to get in on it. Breaking. A witness reveals that Kansas City police shot Leona Hale, a pregnant unarmed black woman, five times as she was running away from them. She has been hospitalized with serious injuries, but remains stable. Retweet to demand that the police be investigated immediately. Uh Uh-huh. Sure. But it just keeps going. Uh, Andy Noe was quick on it. Where he uh, tweeted the picture that was released, not by some leak inside the department, but by the DA's office. You know, he had side by side her with the gun next to the tweet from goofballs over occupied Democrats. Well, it, it gets better um there's a congressman or a congressional hopeful let's let's get it right from arizona tweet out two kansas city police officers shot an unarmed 26 year old pregnant black woman friday night 
She exited a vehicle with her hands in the air. They shot her five times. But they can't run into a school where kids are being massacred. Hmm. And he just keeps sharing it. Shares an article from Hollywood Unlocked that says, oh, this was a. Oh, yeah, this was a, a totally a bad shoot. And then finally, there's an update. I'm going to go find the original tweet, 11.27 p.m. on May 29th, for finally, two days later, 18 hours, or day and a half later, whatever, released body cam footage shows Leona Hale did, in fact, have a weapon at the time she was shot. And it just keeps going. And then as you go on, because of compression ratios and all this that goes on in the digital recording of moving images, the screenshot that was released, this has got the uh, the truthers out there. <gasps> Look, if you're, hey, Andy, no, if you're going to Photoshop a uh, picture and put a gun in her hand, maybe you could put ankles. On her legs. I just had to go look at the picture because, yeah, sure enough, she's missing an ankle in one of her legs. And then it turns out, like I said, through the compression of files, so they can, you know, take a crappy recording that they can get hours and hours and hours of footage on. Yeah, so it's got to be compressed so it can be stored in their system. And in that compression, it cuts some stuff out, such as her ankle. Her ankle was cut out. Now people are like, oh, Andy, no, he should be, he should be prosecuted for, for liable, for liable, because look, he's libeling this poor woman. You've had blue checks going after Andy, no, saying that he's a horrible human being. He's like, dude. That picture came directly from the DA's office. If you don't like it, take it up with them. It's ridiculous that the idea that, you know, maybe sometimes cops do get it right. I mean, they didn't kill her. I mean, that's a plus. But the age-old adage, don't point a cop at the, don't point a, Got it, freaking cops. Holy moly, that's not a hard thing to figure out. Remember, if it's if it pew pews at you, they will pew pew right back. Absolutely nuts. All right, that's going to wrap it up for tonight. Those of you who listen live, thank you so very much for joining me. Those of you who are listening on demand, again, thank you so much. If you are listening on Apple or uh, Stitcher, Spotify, anywhere where you can write reviews, please, please, number one, hit the subscribe button if you're not already subscribed. Number two, not asking much here, just. Rate it. Rate it. So I'm asking. Five stars. Not asking that much. Five stars. 
I'll accept four. Three and below, we need to talk. I love you, but we need to talk. You're doing me wrong. I need to figure out what I'm doing gets you to do me right. Phrasing. Um, anywho, so once you have rated it, please review it. Write a nice little blurb. Doesn't have to be a you know a giant novel. It just hey, yeah, we like his show. He does a good job. Great views. Glad to have him on here. Stuff like that helps it pop up in other people's suggested feeds. Hey, check this out. They read the reviews. Oh, people kind of like them. It's great. Um, once you've done that, please share this episode or just the podcast in general with someone who you think will enjoy it or someone you think will absolutely hate it. I will be a tool for driving them nuts. It's one of those things I love to do. Again, thank you so much for listening. If you care to support the show financially, please go to relentlessdaring.com at the bottom of the page. You will see a couple links. Uh, one of those is for PayPal. Go over there and, you know, Set a one-time payment or recurring payment, or there's a link to coffee, K-O-F-I, or Kofi. I really don't know how it's pronounced. Anywho's, again, you can go there, click that link, and take you there. You can buy a cup of coffee. You can buy, you know, just like, hey, here's 10 bucks. You did a great job. Or you can do it once. You know, one time or you set up as recurring on either one, either way, money that comes into the show helps keep the show going for you, the listeners. And again, I cannot do this without you actually tuning in every week. So thank you so very much. And as always, stay relentless. The Tyler Morgan Show is a relentless daring media production. The Tyler Morgan Show is supported by its listeners. To support the show, go to ko-fi.com slash Tyler Morgan Show to donate there or relentlessdaring.com and hit the donate button at the top of the page to set up your donation. All music used in the Tyler Morgan Show is used with permission from purpleplanet.com. Link in the show notes. 2 Timothy 1-7